Welcome to 5.5, the show where we watch 5.5 rated movies from IMDb and visit the side streets of Hollywood so we can give you reviews of hidden gems or terrible movies you should stay away from. So ready your popcorn, lean back and enjoy the show. You're listening to 5.5. I'm your host, Martin, and this lovely evening I'm joined by Amanda. Hi there. And also Tom. Good day, mate. How are you two doing tonight? Fantastic. Thank you. Really good. Really good. Uh, watching watching a lovely movie uh, yesterday evening and sitting down now to talk about it with, with your good selves. And well, who knows? Who knows where this is going to end up? Show number one. <laughs> you never know where they're heading. It's all over the place. The, there's paper <laughs> everywhere. We're just throwing something together and uh, hoping for the best. Yeah, we basically just threw the the whole uh, structure of the show together like the past 10 minutes just to get something to to talk about. But I think before we actually go into what we actually want to talk about the movie that we watched, let's talk a little bit about why 5.5 because there actually is a little little story behind it and uh, I, I know Tom because you were actually there that you you should know what what it's all about. I do indeed. I was um, on one of my little vacations in Denmark staying with my good friend here Marty and uh, we were watching a few movies and I was just gonna say they weren't very memorable but I have this habit of after watching a film I tend to go on IMDB have a look at kind of the list of actors quotes and how much it costs and just all little fun facts about the movie and I did the same after we watched I, I believe it was Splice and oh, yeah. we also watched <laughs> Percy Jackson the, is it the lightning, the lightning thief, the lightning thief, yeah. yeah. Mm. So anyway, I went on to IMDb. Splice was rated 5.5. Then I went on. Percy Jackson was rated 5.5. I don't believe they're still currently rated 5.5. But well, we just started getting into this trend of uh, going. Oh, Marty said, let's uh, let's watch this film tonight. And I go, oh, is it another 5.5? Is it going to be that kind of standard of film? <laughs> so anyway, this joke kind of went on. And anytime myself or Martin went to the cinema. He would say, oh, I'm going to see such and such tonight. And I would go, oh, how was it? And then I would go, was it a 5.5? And it, that's just how it spiraled out of control. And now we're sitting here recording a podcast about it. And that's just funny how things work out in life. But uh, there you go. It uh, started as a little joke. And now it's, well, some might say it's a bigger joke. Because uh, now we're <laughs> sitting, talking into microphones in our bedroom and living rooms. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there we go. That's that's the genesis of uh, 5.5. And mm. People always do say, why 5.5? I'm telling a few people about I was going to be recording this podcast. And I go, why? Why 5.5 movies? I mean, <laughs> and it, it just seems to be a bit of a niche, doesn't it? Just a, a bit of a niche market that... Oh, yes. <laughs> it's it's definitely strange grounds to be treading in. It's it's not quite totally terrible ground movie, but it's not good movie. It's just sitting in this strange area, which I think you can <laughs> interpretate these movies in such different ways they feel like they're they're lost i think these these movies are lost they they haven't found their place they haven't been totally thrown in the garbage but they haven't also been oscar nominated or you know they don't have the awards thrown at them so they're just in this strange area and i think they they are overlooked a little bit and and we're here now to uh grab them by two hands and thrust them into your face into the limelight <laughs> yeah we are voluntarily watching 5.5 movies for your sake, we're listening. 
So uh, you don't have to watch them if they're bad. And if they're good, you can go and watch them. Or you can watch them anyway. It doesn't really matter. It's movies. Some yep. of them maybe maybe art. <laughs> but you and I, Tom, we're, we're doing another podcast as well. So we're kind of used to, to all this jam that we're doing right now. But Amanda, I, I guess this is your first time on a podcast. Like this in is my forever. first time ever on a podcast. <laughs> they, they say you never forget your first. I'm, or is it we'll you never remember not, your first? I, I, can't remember. I probably will never forget this because I feel really awkward. I have absolutely no idea what to say. It's awesome. <laughs> well, that's, it, uh, gets, it gets better. It gets better. Good. <laughs> yeah, you know, just uh, just hang in there, speak words, and uh, it usually comes together pretty well. It, it's surprising once you get going, once you get lubricated and uh, just... <laughs> I just I just saw Molly take a drink and now that sounds very wrong. <laughs> Um, maybe we should maybe we should move on. Maybe we should get into why we're what we're Let, actually doing here. As let's I do it. Dig this hole deeper. Let's do it. Lights, camera, action! It's time for the synopsis. What movie did we watch this month? We watched Super Bob, and here to tell you all about it is Tom. Robert Kenner is a lonely man looking for love. Today, if he can actually get his boss to give him some time off. He's going on his first date for six years. Oh, and he is also the world's only superhero. So yeah, that's the movie we watched, uh, Super Bob. And uh, let's start out with some quick one-sentence reviews. Is the one-sentence review! I thought that this was a movie where Tonks from Harry Potter finally doesn't die. Yay! Also, there is a flying civil servant called Bob. Not quite Superman, but definitely Super Bob. Superhero with gas company problems falls in love with Tonks from Harry Potter. <laughs> I, I sense like there is a, a, a Harry Potter theme going on here, so uh, if, if you haven't guessed it yet, there might be a character from Harry Potter in this movie, right? And also, I might be obsessed with Harry Potter, just so you know. Well, as, as we as we witnessed uh, before the start of the show, where me and Amanda got into, well, not, not a debate as much, but she said, a movie where Tonks doesn't die. And I was like, Tonks doesn't die in Harry Potter, does she? And she's like, yes. I'm like, no, no, no. I don't think she dies in the movie. She's like, yeah, she definitely does. So I'm like, on Google, like, just to make sure. Oh, okay. Sorry, Amanda. I'm sorry for ever questioning your Harry Potter knowledge because you are the, the fountain of Harry Potter knowledge. If there's one thing I know, it's Harry Potter. Never doubt me, Tom. Never doubt me. I've learned this. <laughs> I've learned this on this night. If I've only learned one thing tonight, it is that. I can quickly reveal as well that this one character is also in Game of Thrones. So uh, maybe if you couldn't guess it by Harry Potter, maybe you can guess it now. Now that you know two movies this actress is in. But uh, we won't let you keep guessing. Let's uh, jump straight into the director and the actors. It's time to meet the crew. First up, we have the director, John Drever, who is actually not really known for anything else. Well, he is actually, Marty. Is he? he he made a three or a three or four minute short movie back in what year would it have been now? I believe it was 2009, and it was called Super Bob. <laughs> really? Yes. Is, is this movie based on a short thing that he made? Yes, he he made a four minute short back in 2009, which actually has 
a 6.2 rating on IMDb. Uh, so we could have saved ourselves a lot of time. It's only four minutes long uh, compared to the 82 minutes that we sat and watched uh, Super Bob 4. <laughs> and, uh, well, also a little fun fact that the, the lead actor in Super Bob the movie was also the lead actor in Super Bob the short as well. That's quite handy that it's the same actor, yeah. I guess. Guess he, <laughs> guess he must have done really well in those original four minutes and uh, <laughs> there can only be one Super Bob. Yeah. The lead who's playing Bob is called Brad Goldstein. He's also acting in the Ricky Gervais show called Derek, which is pretty well known, I guess. I've never watched it. I have never even heard of it. Oh, you heard right, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm, right. not, I'm not that. I'm a huge, I'm a huge Ricky Gervais fan, so I've really? seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, You're a big fan amazing. of The Office, are you? Not quite The Office. I think I'm more. Well, I like The Office, but it's not one of my favorites. But I'm really into Ricky Gervais, his stand-up, and his it's just his sense of humor in general. So I like his, his pictures that he takes in the bath. Uh, well, that's oh, yeah. wrong. Uh, <laughs> if nobody knows on, what on, they on, are, this is on, the on, his, on his Twitter page. You love his picture on his Twitter page. Yes, right? he he, Let, he, seems, just... he he has like a. <laughs> How many chins does he have when he kind of squishes his head all together and he's in the bath? He has about 20 chins and he takes lots of weird pictures in his bath. They're totally clean. They're, they're, they're absolutely <laughs> nothing blue about these pictures. But uh, yeah, that's how did we get on to Jer- Ricky Gervais in a bath? It just, it just happens. Thanks, Brett. <laughs> Thanks, Brett Goldstein. Look what you've done now. Look what you've done. Uh, in this film, we are also joined by a character called Teresa, who's played by Catherine Tate. And, uh, well, people in Britain uh, may know her from the Catherine Tate show, which was a bit of a comedy show that she did for a while. And also she was in Doctor Who. She was uh, Donna in Doctor Who. That's where I feel like international people might uh, recognize that name from. And uh, you, you didn't know who this was, Mari, did you? You, didn't, you did not know at all. I, do, I did not know, uh, know Catherine Tate, no. But I do know Doctor Who, but only by name and, and probably like one and a half episode that I've seen of Doctor Who. I'm not really a fan of Doctor Who. Not that I don't like it, I just haven't seen it really. I haven't sat down and, and watched everything. And my Amanda's quite, watched quite a bit of Doctor Who actually. She's probably watched more than both of us put together. Yeah, I started watching Doctor Who when I was off work sick and I got through a couple seasons. Of, uh, David Tennant and Nine. Doctor Christopher Nine. Eccleston. Christopher Eccleston, there we are. It was good. But I lost mm. interest. <laughs> yeah, that usually happens once David Tennant goes out of it. I didn't even get to Matt Smith, so. I, I don't hope. I don't hope that's true because he was the one who's playing in what's it called in Jessica Jones as well in that Netflix series. Mm-hmm. But I, I guess he's not really in it anymore because he. Well, small spoiler warning if you haven't seen it. <laughs> don't listen now if you haven't seen it. He dies uh, in it. So wow. I, putting spoilers in for. Shows I, that's bad. I did, I did warn people. I, I did warn people. No, but I, I just mean so he 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 isn't in that show anymore. So I I don't hope that that means that the next season will be bad because I really liked uh, Jessica Jones. Yes, it was really good. Yes. And uh, you know what, David Tennant was also in. No. He was in Harry Potter, which leads us to our next actress. Oh. Natalie Tenna, who plays Doris. She is also Tonks in Harry Potter and Asha in Game of Thrones. I don't think this is Amanda's first podcast because that segue was a segue of a professional podcaster, wasn't it really? I mean, we've been doing this for over two and a half years and I don't think we have segued quite that well. Well, we have a few times, but I mean, on your first episode, wow. 
I'm yeah. sorry, I can make Harry Potter connections out of anything. <laughs> <laughs> the few times I've made great segues were because they were scripted beforehand. <laughs> anyway, those are, are, are the director and a few of the actors slash actresses from the movie. Obviously, there's more people in the movie, but uh, I think we can easily say these are probably the three most important characters, right? Definitely. Oh no, what about, um, oh, what is it? Oh, it's what is uh, Ted, Ted and, oh, it's the old couple. There's a scene in the <laughs> in the nursing home where- Oh, for their anniversary? Yeah, there's, there's a- Their 60th anniversary? Yeah, there's an old couple with a 60th anniversary and Bob ends up uh, having to give a speech. <laughs> and uh, I think those two, well, that was, I think that was a pretty important uh, scene in the movie because it's kind of when Bob and Doris got together and I mean those characters were pivotal of that speech I think I think that mm. speech really won Doris over uh, Tom kept distracting me when we were watching that scene because there was a man in it who looked like a werewolf <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and every time it panned over to him he pointed him out with a laugh <laughs> yeah I don't, I don't know if you saw that scene Marty if not you might have to go back and watch it in that particular scene but I there's did not actual see the werewolf. werewolf. I did not see the werewolf. No. There's an actual werewolf in this film, like a real life werewolf. I'm not even joking. It's a real werewolf. I want to find his name. I want to. I mean, I want to know if that was makeup or if that was his real hair, because that guy is werewolf. <laughs> maybe he's in another 5.5 werewolf movie. We have to watch someday. Yeah, maybe. Personally, he made the movie for Tom. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm looking through the list of cast right now, and I'm trying to find Werewolf Man, and he's not credited. Werewolf Man is not credited. It doesn't say <laughs> Werewolf and the guy's name. <laughs> Let's jump into a little bit about the movie. Let's talk a little bit about what did we think was good? What did we think was bad? What do we think about that, then? One of the things that I've really noticed, and I'm, which is probably one of the key things that I think makes it, it, it reduces the score for this movie, is the government, all the governing people, uh, they're overplaying so much. I, I know that they're trying to to create these typical uh, government, uh, the British government and the the United States government. But I just think it's too much, and also the the newscasters is probably a little bit the same. I, I think they are definitely the weaker points of this movie. It, it's a real shame because when you when you see the scenes with Bob's family and his friends, those scenes are really warm, and and you can really feel the connection be- between the characters. Whereas with those other the, the government, it's, it's directly opposite uh, opposite that. It's really cold, really overplayed. And I know that that's what they're trying to do, but I think they don't really hit the mark. Yeah, I actually have to say I agree with you there. It's it's not something I actually thought about, but just hearing you say that, it was just a bit too much, wasn't it? It was overcooked. And uh, the, the one thing I didn't really understand is this, this film almost started off like a documentary. In fact, it did start off like a documentary. And then at one point in the film, I'm not too sure, but the documentary side of it just totally disappears and it just becomes a normal movie again and yeah. then at the end it picks up as a documentary again and it just felt a little strange that they started with this this shooting style of making it like a documentary and i think that was fine but losing that midway through and then returning to it at the end felt very strange i think they should yeah. have just stuck with the documentary style all the way through 
or just or, or, or what they could have what they could have done instead was to maybe just keep the first bit as a documentary style but you know just add a filter or something to the camera so it looks like a little bit more documentary like and then mm. you switch filters to now it's just a normal movie and then you come back to it in the end i think if they've done something similar to that and it could have worked as well maybe no i disagree i i really like the documentary style i like the way um it started out that uh Teresa, the woman from the ministry of defense had organized uh, a, a day on bob's day off to have a documentary filmed about him and he forgets so the cameramen show up to start filming this documentary about him and like Bob's like, all right, okay, and goes along with it. And the documentary, like the, the the scenes keep coming in and Bob keeps veering away from the documentary. It's about these camera guys trying to give a documentary and, and mm. Bob just, just totally disregarding it and just wanting to do his own thing, going and flying to Colombia to find Doris. And <laughs> I, I totally get it and I, and I think, I think you're right in that. I just I think I agree a little bit with Tom as well. I think they didn't. I don't know how to say it. It, it, it didn't. The transition didn't really feel right. Something didn't feel right. It it uh, it definitely felt like it, it tra- transitioned into a normal movie and then back to a documentary. I think they should have done more to maybe then keep it in a documentary style all the way through. I didn't really notice that it veered away from a documentary. It was still to me. It was like the the camera was just rolling during Bob's life. They were still putting the scenes up like at this time of the day this happened and at this time of the day this happened and then like at the end it brings in the epilogue and everybody gives a wee update on what they're doing in life (laughs) you know i i I do think that they that they kept the documentary most of the way through even if you know maybe a big part of it wasn't exactly a documentary style it was just filming bob's life Mm. but then again i think that's at least how I feel, at least, that the movies where you try to pretend to be a, a documentary, I don't really think there's very few that really, really work. I don't think that movie where it's portrayed perfectly exists yet. No, but I do think Bob does a good job. Well done, Bob. Yay, Bob. My, my, my big question that I asked myself uh, after this film was, was this film better than Man of Steel? <laughs> Well, I haven't seen Man of Steel, so I can't answer that question. Well, some might say yes, I believe, because I was really not a big fan of Man of Steel. I think Man of Steel was really, really pretty, but I think storytelling-wise, it could probably maybe learn a little bit from Superbob. Yeah, because I feel like at the start, I kind of felt like Bob was a bit of a mumbler and... I guess that's where he's supposed to be, but he did feel genuine. He felt like a genuine character. I suppose it's quite odd to see a superhero portrayed in this way. Usually when you watch superhero films, you are just seeing the action side of it. And I think they they did quite well keeping the action separate in this film because I don't think it really needed that much of it. And the scenes they did uh, kind of give with Bob showing off his powers were quite charming, especially the scene at the start where he was like learning to fly and he just flew through a building. He's like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it really reminded me of uh, the movie Hancock. Have you have you seen that with uh, Will Smith? Yes. Uh, I haven't seen it. it, it it's also like a, a different kind of superhero movie where it's like this everyday guy. Uh, I just think Hancock is probably a little bit more action-ish uh, and Will Smith-ish <laughs> than <laughs> this one. Um, but but I really, I really like this formula and I'm 
where I actually think a lot of the superhero movies is going in this direction as, as well, where you you kind of want to tell the personal story instead of focusing on their superhero powers. Uh, Superman did the same, and, and Superman v Batman, the Nolan Batman, also the event, uh, all the uh, the Marvel stuff. They're trying to make movies where they're showing the more personal side of things as well, and. And I think that's actually way more interesting than the, than just this superhero who, who can do everything. Yeah, do you think Super Bob will get in the Avengers? I think he's got. A, I think he's got a shot. <laughs> well, if there's room for Ant Man in there, I'm I'm pretty sure there's room for Super Bob as well. Definitely. <laughs> uh, what I liked about Super Bob uh, being being normal is that he he was employed by the Ministry of Defense, and he you really got sense that he was an overworked, underpaid civil servant, and it was it was refreshing. Um, and also heartbreaking to know that even super superheroes are <laughs> overworked and underpaid. There was a scene between Bob and Doris where he essentially calls her a whore for sleeping around. Um, and obviously she gets angry with him. But I don't know that we want to bring feminism and, and politics into a, a happy discussion about a 5.5 movie. <laughs> I think she, she handled that situation pretty well though, because she got like a blank piece of paper and got him to sign it. And then later on in the film, she obviously has wrote something, almost like a contract on that bit of paper and, and gives it to him. Yeah, I think, I think he kind of says it as a bit of an off the cuff kind of thing. And obviously I think early on in the film, he probably has feelings for her and it, it might just be pent-up jealousy that's came out in a pretty poor tasting way uh, from his regard and even the kind of the shopkeeper at the time who's in the background he's kind of looking at bob going you've really fucked up man you really really messed up here he really uh, dug himself into a a bit of a pit with that but luckily doris was pretty forgiving wasn't she she let him slide with that yeah, she did. Um, and like, are we even going to talk about the fact that the MOD paid a woman to go on a date with Bob? Like, try to get him to go to an embassy party? I, I found that part of the story a bit weird. Just the fact that there was this American uh, senator that had this big grudge about Britain owning Super Bob, which I think that's okay. The fact that he's a weapon, you know, it's kind of like in Man of Steel, this this Superman's a weapon, we, we cannot trust him. and. But just the whole, it kind of goes back to Marty's point initially about the the politicians overdoing it. And this was, well, I mean, you look at American politics right now, and I suppose he was undercooking <laughs> it. But Yeah, you know, he was pretty accurate from what I saw. Um, <laughs> I just think that uh, that whole thing is really, it's badly written into the movie. I think that's the main issue with it. It could have been done a little bit better. Yeah, I think the subtle humor that they, they put into Super Bob is very good. There's a, there's a bit where... For example, Super Bob's walking down the street and there's a woman crossing the road and she goes, oh, Super Bob, is it your day off? And he's like, yeah, thanks. And she's like, you lazy shit. And just things like that there that were dropped into the film. <laughs> so subtly done. They weren't f forced. They weren't, you know, kind of loud in your face. There was just lots of these subtle mm -hmm. uh, drops. Very, I think very British in a way. But uh, just that whole scene with the, the senator and them having to pay this woman to go on a date with Bob, who who she is American, so it would improve relationships between American and, and Britain. I, that part of it was just a bit odd. I, I'm not really sure, like trying to rewrite a movie in the space of a few seconds here while I'm just talking about it. I don't know, I, I, no. I don't know what route they could have took, but I just felt 
that part of it was just a little bit odd because I just found the whole documentary comedy element to it really nice. And I feel like they didn't need to maybe go as far-fetched as they did with the, the whole senator thing and the whole, oh, Bob's Bob's gone crazy and we got to find him. And it was like, he's not done anything. He's just gone to find <laughs> Doris. He, he hasn't blown anything up. And all he did was leave a, a conference but Ver- he did leave by bursting a hole through the roof and it looked like an explosion, <laughs> which obviously attracted all the news stations. Well, that's true. That's well, true. But, but he, he was being pretty aggravated. But but again, as you uh, as I said before, and what you uh, what I'm hearing from you, Tom, is like it's again when you see all the scenes with Bob, friends, and family, there's so much warmth. It feels so natural, and and all the scenes where the government is involved, it just feels a little bit off, right? Yeah, uh, even those scenes with uh, like Barry, who was employed as his bodyguard. <laughs> <laughs> he was amazing. That was He's so just... much. It, it was so, so so much fun. So random. It was so just, random, so it was actually fun to Just me. this guy in a high-vis just walking around Bob's house, and he he's pretty useless. All he was doing was having, like, jars of pickles he couldn't open <laughs> and handing them to Bob and getting them opened. And it was actually a funny scene. Uh, I don't know if you saw it, but he was trying to open something, and he handed it to Doris, and she opened yeah. it. So it's like, yes. It's just... I actually think can't that... help it. He's got weak hands. Yeah. yeah. I actually think that scene made me giggle a little bit in real life. <laughs> <laughs> and he was taking baths all the time, and looking after the gnome so just just kind of scenes in, in, in bob's house were definitely the stronger parts of this movie compared to the the government and, and new scenes i think i think that's where it really it did feel more like a documentary and when they they pulled it away from that it kind of lost its way i think and that's that's probably the the only thing that really let the film down in, in that regard i would say hmm. how can you not like this film it's called super bob it's like i was like oh <laughs> Even with a name called Super Bob, you just have to go, even if it's the worst film in the world, <laughs> you just have to go, but it's called Super Bob. I mean, it's it wins on t- it, the title alone. I do agree. When we first were talking about watching uh, five, our first 5.5 movie and Super Bob came up in the list, it was an automatic winner. Yeah, yeah. I, I, think there was, I think there was no doubt about it. And then we watched the trailer and... Yeah, we were. So, oh, I think every one of us were sold on the first uh, first look. Yeah, I, I, actually, the trailer for this film is pretty darn good. I think if you if you don't watch Super Bob, just watch the trailer at least because you get a good feel about the the film. It did hit white a lot of the the storylines just uh, just in the, the kind of few minutes, but I think it did well to shy away from the fact that it wasn't going to be a documentary style. So that kind of element of it was a bit bit of a surprise, but I think they they kept the essence of who Bob was in the trailer pretty pretty close to home. But now, it's time for judgment. It's time to meet your judgment. Stick, bump, or bust. So this is the our final judgment where we can give this movie one of three words. Stick it, it stays 5.5. Bump, it deserves a better rating. Or bust, do not watch this movie. Well, not, so. do not watch it. I mean, <laughs> we're not saying that. We would never not encourage people <laughs> not to watch films and, and make up their own mind. Uh, I would say bust would just be, if it didn't deserve, it's 5.5. 5.5, it was lucky to get such a glorious rating and be included on this podcast. All right, Tom, but let's just start with you. Is it a stick bump or bust? It is bump. 
just hit the wall. Yeah, I did. I punched the wall. <laughs> I punched the wall. That's how much. That's how much of a bump it was. I I punched the wall. <laughs> how about you, uh, Amanda? Are you bumping at the wall as well? I am bumping at the wall. Maybe the ceiling. <laughs> this was a good movie. <laughs> and I agree with both of you. Bump this movie up. Let's uh, great bumps. Let's let's go and rate it up, everybody. Bump 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 bump. So uh, now it's uh, five point six on IMDb, and it doesn't actually qualify for this podcast anymore. We're gonna have to re-record a new episode. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess closing thoughts. Uh, five point five, a little harsh, maybe. Uh, I think. Do you think because it's quite British in a way? It's it's obviously a British-made film, and I know things kind of a across the pond are getting a lot bigger like doctor who we mentioned earlier for example is, is quite big in kind of the the americas and shows like do you think just because it's quite yeah i don't know what the word i'm looking for is but it's just it just feels it felt very british to me it felt like a mm. very very british production just the way everything flew and i just sometimes feel some people don't really get that even people in britain don't get it and <laughs> maybe the the way the humor is done it's maybe because it's not so obvious sometimes maybe that's another factor to take into consideration yeah i definitely think so uh, i i think british humor is is in in this weird category where you either like it or you don't like it i just happen to like british humor so this one was a, a, a Right down my alley, let's just put it that way. I think I, I want to compare it a little bit to Shaun of the Dead-ish kind of humor. Just not as good, though. I think the writing could have could have been a little bit better here and there, and, and but we already talked about it. But but yeah, but, but overall, I, I really enjoyed this movie, and I really think it deserves a bump. Um, but but I do think that the British humor can have a have a say in, in the, the rating that it got. Definitely. Um, speaking as somebody from North America, we don't always get British humor. It, it's really hit or miss with me, and I know with a lot of my friends and family, it can be definitely hit or miss. Like, there's some shows that I, like British English humor shows that I love, and then there's others, I'll not name any, but one's very popular right now that I, I don't find funny in the slightest. Um, so I definitely think like across the pond, it could definitely fall based on its British humor. On the IMDb page for Super Bob, if you go into the quote section, and usually when you go into a film, there, there's quite a few quotes. Super Bob only has one quote, and it's from Joe the Postman, and he says, Bob, from the depot? Yeah. And I think that sums up this film perfectly. <laughs> Yeah, and I think with those words, I, I think we're, we're done. There's, there's nothing else to say. We have, we have uh, gone through the movie, we have talked about it, and we have rated it. So I think that's it. I'm out of popcorn, so um, so that's always good. Well, it's bad being out of popcorn, but I think it, it means that the, the length of the show is perfect and we should stop talking now. <laughs> but before we get to that, we want to hear your opinion. Have you watched this movie? Are you going to watch this movie uh, because of the show now? Then, then then you can write us and tell us what you think about it. Do you think uh, that Super Bob the Surfer stick, bump, or bust? And uh, I know, Tom, that you are really good at uh, telling us 
uh, contact information. So where can people get a hold on us? You can check out our website at 5.5.reviews or you can find us on Twitter at 55review. And that's a wrap, folks. Goodbye from all of us here at 5.5. Goodbye, Amanda. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, Tom. Goodbye, everyone. And goodbye to you who are listening. This show is brought to you by Dragon Powered Studio. Find more at dragonpoweredstudio.com. This lovely evening, I'm joined by Amanda. Hi. And also by Tom. Hello. And my name is Martin Larsen. And my name is Martin. I think you should say your name first. All right. Maybe. I don't know. I think so. I think so. You should go. I'm Martin, and I'm joined by... Yeah. I'm your host, Martin. Yes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Two, one, now. Sorry, Tom, you distracted me. (laughs) (laughs) I was the, the, the action board. No, I got it, but I got it after I laughed. First up, we have the director, John Dreer. Dreer. <laughs> John Drever? I John Drever. John Drever. For our government. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's one for the bloopers. <laughs> and that's uh, karma for pissing off the civil service. <laughs> <laughs> Your whole desk just falls apart. <laughs> Shoddy civil service made desks. Bye. Now I need to go to the toilet because of all the cola I drank. <laughs> That's a word. Terrible ending. <laughs> now my stomach hurts from all the popcorn. I want popcorn. <laughs> <laughs>